0: The scripture reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given you, search and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there any among you who if your child asks for bread will give a stone? Or if a child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Awful parties. We've all been there at one point or another, I imagine, right? Maybe for you it was a wedding where the bride and the groom left you in the reception waiting for what seemed like hours before they could serve food because they wanted to be present with you while the food was served. Maybe it was a children's party where the only organized activity was kids yelling and screaming for the whole time. Or maybe it was just another work meeting that could have been done simply by email or phone call, right? Instead, you find yourself sitting around a table watching the hands on the clock tick by, wondering why you're wasting precious minutes of your life. Alas, so many events and gatherings in our lives have become lackluster and unproductive, which is all the more tragic when we think about how For the past two years or whatever it's been, right, since COVID, how isolated and removed from each other we were during COVID, one would think we would have all the more umption and priority to make our time together incredible and meaningful. Recently, I've been reading this book by Priya Parker called The Art of Gathering. I don't know if you all have seen this. But in short, she argues for a new approach to planning our gatherings, anything from a birthday party to a bar mitzvah, in which we focus on the purpose rather than simply planning the details. In short, Priya's point, Priya Parker's point, is that in evaluating the purpose in advance, that can help us in planning the and the execution phase of the gathering itself now uh, apologies to any wedding photographers in here but at least from my perspective the ultimate purpose of a wedding is not just to get great photos for most of us at least it's to bring together our closest family and friends so we can celebrate together and make lasting memories to mark the beginning of a new adventure together for a couple, marriage. With such a purpose known up front, a wedding planner would be sure to make sure to arrange the gathering in such a way where time together between the newly married couple and their family and loved ones would be priority. And to make sure that any time separate, like for wedding photos, would be as Minimal as possible. Now, I say this remembering that I think my wife, Corey, and I left our reception waiting for probably 45 minutes, so we're kind of hypocrites there. Purpose matters, purpose should be our primary influencer. This problem often plays out in churches too. While we don't necessarily have checklists in church, What do we have? We have orders of service, liturgies, church traditions, or to say it another way, we have how it's always been, the way we've always done it, and the way we like to do it. And again, I'm not against checklists or agendas or traditions. Rather, like Priya Parker argues, I'm for acting out of purpose first and foremost. And in church, I believe the best way that we can keep purpose front and center is by prayer. Unfortunately, in in many churches, prayer is often a secondary action, perhaps an afterthought. So this week, we're starting a new sermon series called Reorient. Reorient. It's a series, at least as I understand it, since Reverend Sandy put me up here because she's unfortunately sick, as I understand it, to help us refocus and reorient our lives on what the priorities of our life of faith should be. And prayer is one of those priorities. As part of the United Methodist Church's baptismal covenant, new members promise to faithfully participate in a local congregation through their prayers, patience, and Gifts, service, and witness. One UMC researcher found that prayer was often an essential element in healthy and dynamic congregations. In fact, this is interesting, one UMC church in Zimbabwe hosts a Sunday morning prayer time at 4 a.m., 4 a.m., that regularly has up to 500 people in participation. Can you believe that? Now, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm guessing that if we had something at 4 a.m., we'd probably struggle to get five people here. (laughs) And Steve's Steve saying, I would not be one of them, I'd be like, I'm going to join you from Zoom in my bed, maybe. Well, I don't believe that prayer meetings need to happen at 4 a.m., just to be clear, we all, including me, could do better to make prayer a primary activity in our lives. Now, if you're like me, prayer comes to mind when you're exhausted and out of ideas. Oh, I should pray. Author Jane Venard believes that prayer should be a primary action in our lives. In her book, she writes that prayer should be first in our lives because prayer drives action. Now, perhaps it's bad form of me to quote a Lutheran in a United Methodist Church, but please forgive me. I'm reminded of this old saying attributed to Martin Luther, saying, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours of my day in prayer. Now, for my diehard Methodist in here, there is a quote, similar quote, attributed to Wesley. So, uh, there's that. Regardless, regardless of the influential Christian reformer, These reformers, these leaders in the Christian faith demonstrate an essential element of Christian faith. Prayer. Now, as someone who loves, I mean, I literally have to-do lists on my phone specialized to the day, right? Love me a to-do list. As someone who loves to-do lists and getting a jump start on my task list, crossing things off my list, Sitting in prayer for minutes, let alone hours, seems like crazy talk to me. I mean, who has that kind of time? Yet there's a reason why adherents of mindfulness and meditation practices, there's a reason why they swear by the practice. It apparently works. Intentionally taking time each day to align our hearts and our minds with God, to evaluate our own purposes and values, and to calm our minds of the busyness and distractions, has a way of focusing and sharpening our minds and actions as we, as we begin our days. Unfortunately, prayer is sometimes an afterthought in churches. Churches. And I think especially in, in churches that can identify as progressive or liberal, it's because we can tend to see prayer as this like escapist or wishful thinking that's wholly separate from the real-world struggles and injustices happening around us. But prayer is not simply an escape. Again, as author Jane Vinard says, prayer is not an escape from the world. Rather, prayer calls us more faithfully into The world. For Bernard, prayer has three illuminating aspects. When we pray, we grow in intimacy with God to see others as God sees us. When we pray, we see ourselves as God sees us. And when we pray, we see God's dreams for us. I'm reminded of our text that Kevin read for us this morning. This is my translation here. For everyone who asks, receives, everyone who searches, finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, I don't think this is to say that prayer is some kind of like magic genie in a bottle scenario. I think this is where verse 11 is helpful for us to remember. If we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of him? When we pray, we see others as God sees them, beloved humans, loved by God. When we pray, we see ourselves as God sees us, precious in God's sight. When we pray, we see God's dreams for us, plans for a future, and a hope. This is what makes prayer so powerful. This is what makes praying together as a congregation so impactful. For whether we pray together at early morning meetings at 4 a.m. or simply commit to pray together in a common mission and purpose throughout our day-to-day lives, When we pray, God's heart to love and serve others becomes our heart. When we pray, we see the ways that God has uniquely gifted and equipped us to lead and to serve. When we pray, we discover God's dreams and purposes for ourselves, for our church. As we come together on this rally day to celebrate new beginnings, new seasons, to reorient ourselves and our lives to the spiritual priorities in our lives. May we commit ourselves both individually and communally to a spirit of prayer so we may discover together God's purposes for ourselves and our church as we journey forth into this new season together. I encourage you to commit once again to to a renewed or new spirit of prayer. Now, maybe for some of us busy parents, it might just simply be while the shower is warming or the coffee is percolating to say a prayer for wisdom compassion as you go throughout your day and for your loved ones that you might be a loving parent, partner, spouse. Maybe for those of Us who are early risers, before you do your yoga or go on your walk, it's taking some intentional time to practice mindfulness or meditation in prayer as we align our hearts and minds with God. Maybe for those of us who have extra margin, it's coming early to the church to pray, to join the prayer and care team, to pray for our worship together, to pray for those who may be in attendance, to pray for the future of our church. I don't know what's right for you in your life situation, but I believe we all, especially me, and this church, would be strengthened and encouraged by reorienting our life to prayer. When life seems to demand more of us, when we feel the pressure to be busier and busier, to move faster and faster, God calls us to slow down and to pray. It's something I love about the good news of Jesus Christ. The message of the gospel has this paradoxical nature again and again that just continually astounds me. When more is at stake, when there's a growing list of things to do, that's when we need to take time to slow down and to take stock in prayer. Recently, I was listening to a podcast by a church consultant talking about the new normal of church post-COVID. He joked about using these terms BC, if you all remember that from when they used to call before, you know, was it A.D. now and B.C.E.? I don't remember. But B.C. used to be before Christ, you know, the two thousand. messing up my dates. B.C. now meaning before COVID. In those before times before COVID of higher attendance, bigger offerings, and better engagement, whereas in these post-COVID times of lower attendance, lower offering, and lesser engagement our temptation is to jump in to get to work, to get going. What would it look like for us to slow down, to pray, to seek God and discover God's purpose and plan for ourselves and for our church? I believe that prayer helps us align our purposes with one another and with God. And that rather than rushing through, crossing items off on a list, when we unite in a spirit of prayer, our individual lives and our communal lives together through this church become one of deep meaning, purpose, and connection. So whether it's a few minutes tomorrow morning as you're getting going in your day, whether it's joining us for our next prayer and care team meeting, take some time to pray for your loved ones, for yourself, for this church community, and for our world. And together, let's seek to reorient our lives to God in this time, please join me in a spirit of prayer. God, the busyness and stress that we have and is continually pressed upon us always, pushing us to go faster and to work harder. God, reorient our hearts, reorient our minds to the one in which we seek you in prayer, asking your wisdom and guidance and love, to love and lead and serve others in our family, in our church, in our world. We ask this in your name. Amen.